God bless you guys. Come out. Yeah, now I'm on. Guys, if you can turn, open your Bibles to Judges 6, 36 through 40. Say, God is great when you're there. Oh, man, it's like there's a screen here telling you to turn there or something. How would you guys know? You guys are so quick. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We thank you for the lights that are in this building. Lord, some of us are hurting physically, mentally, spiritually with our walk, Lord. And we came here and we're feeling dry because we don't feel your presence anymore, Lord. The fire that we once had had let go of us, Lord. But we pray after this sermon, Lord, that our fire that we once had would ignite again, Lord. Lord, would you change us from the inside out, Lord? There are times when I feel like my chains, my sin, the discomfort that I have every day is weighing me down at times, Lord. But I know that you paid the ransom on the cross in Calvary 2,000 years ago. Let us be reminded of your mercy and your grace and things that we don't deserve, Lord. Let us move forward instead of moving backwards, Lord. We say this in your powerful, precious, and mighty name. Amen. Judges 6, 36 through 40. It talks about something that's been on my mind for quite some time. It's crazy. Not a coincidence, but I believe it's a God thing that Pastor Dane's been talking about faith. When I'm going to be talking about the opposite, almost the opposite, which is doubt. How many of us, by a show of hands, have had doubt with our walk? Raise all your hands. Come on. We're all broken individuals. Let's be broken together. That's why we're in need of a Savior Christ. Because we're broken. We doubt. When times get hard in our life and situations don't make sense, a lot of times we blame the perfect being because it's so easy to blame Him. You guys, we're supposed to drink at least eight cups of water a day. But my father-in-law says I drink double that and I'm still left thirsty. That's much like our relationship with Christ. Sometimes, what I mean by this is sometimes he's not quenching our thirst anymore. He isn't enough for us anymore. We are left doubting and having a hard time believing he really wants what's best for our lives. It can feel like He's nowhere to be found. It seems like our prayers are not getting answered and we're left thirsty for Him, wanting more of Him. We're left asking God, what in the world are you doing? How are you doing this? You have all the power in the world, Lord, to rescue me, to set me free from my depression, my problems. To heal me and yet you've decided not to heal me. What are you doing? If God wanted to, He could do anything. So some questions that we have that we doubt about, just some of them is, why is my health so bad? Why hasn't Christ decided to heal me yet? Why are my finances so bad? Why can't I find a job when I've put in 50 million resumes? I have a good resume. I have a master's. I have a PhD. Why do I feel so lonely? 
Why can't I have children when there's dead parents out there that have children? And I know that I'd be a great father, but I can't have kids. Sometimes this life doesn't make sense to us, does it? But it doesn't mean that God isn't still on the throne and that He's not moving in our lives. He just moves in a different route sometimes. And we ask how you have not fixed our problems yet when we've been so obedient to you. And why did someone so close to me have to pass on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or close to Christmas and they're being so young it doesn't make sense? And this tends to leave us with doubt, with fear, with anxiety and left us feeling lonely. And God's plans for us doesn't seem to make sense about prosperity at this point in time in our lives. Why and how seem to be our favorite questions during our struggles Why did you allow this to happen? How come you're not fixing my destruction when I've been closer to you? And much like Gideon in this passage, we have a hard time trusting God without seeing a direct sign from God. In order for us to say or think that God is great, a lot of us think that our lives have to be great. But some of us can say, in order to believe God is doing great things, we must see money in our bank. We must have a nice career. We must have no pain. We must not be in a wheelchair. We might not have no illness. In order for us to believe, our life must be easy. But that's far from the truth. We don't always see, we can't always tell that it's cold outside. On the 26th of this month, we did by the beautiful snow we got. That was amazing. But we feel that it's cold. We don't always see that it's hot. But our weather app tells us it's going to be hot outside. But much like God, we may not see what he's doing, but we know that Jesus Christ, it says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, regardless of the scenario. Regardless what we're going through, regardless if we're in a snowstorm, a hurricane, or a perfect 70 degree weather, Christ is with us, even if we don't feel Him. Maybe through your struggles, God's trying to fix you. Maybe through your struggles, God's trying to fix your faith. He's trying to work on you and errors in your life that need some fine-tuning. For instance, when we go to the car mechanic... And we think we just need a simple brake job. And they tell us, not only do you need a brake job, you need your car motor replaced, and you need your tranny replaced. Not only are you now in debt, needing to take out a second loan out of your house to pay for it, but also maybe God, you went to God and you did self-reflecting, and you thought maybe your faith just needed some tuning. But after doing some self-reflecting, you needed other areas in your life to be fixed like unforgiveness, like bitterness. And I'm talking about myself here because those are areas of my life that I struggle with a lot. Maybe you thought it was your faith, but when you reflect back, it was a lot more than just your faith that needed fine-tuning in your life. God isn't done with you yet if you came here today in this place. God isn't done with you yet. It is like when you go to the doctor's for a headache and they tell you you're going to die because you have diabetes, high cholesterol and high blood pressure because you have five kids that run amok. Can I get an amen with those who have kids? Come on now, let's be honest. 
But God is working in other aspects of your life that you may not even see. You ask him to work in patience. He'll give you an area that you need to work in patience in. Much like this passage, Gideon, he doubted that God could use him to help the Israelites to victory. He tested God not once, but twice, challenging God to provide proof of his reliability through a series of miracle and signs before he would believe that he would be used by Jesus. But eventually, God did what he was said he was going to do. God led the Israelites to victory using Gideon just like he said he would. Guys, I've been like Gideon. I'm still like Gideon. I'm still a work in progress. I have my struggles and I have my doubts. I still have my faith, but I still have my doubts. Even when we have doubt, though, God believes in us. He never doubts us. He didn't give up on Gideon even though he doubted Jesus. We have this persona from non-believers, don't we? That everything we go through, we don't go through anything. They don't struggle. They have everything put together. They're always happy. They're always smiling. They don't understand what I'm going through. Or people say, they're a bunch of hypocrites, right? But we know this is the biggest bologna sandwiches ever. Okay, I'm officially a dad and an old man if I just said bologna sandwiches in church, okay? We all have problems from small to humongous, but the difference between us and non-believers is who we should put our trust into no matter the circumstances that are thrown our way. And a huge reason why we're perceived this way is from our own doing is because we sing every lyric at church. We know much of the Bible We say that everything is great and we have no life problems because a lot of times, sometimes we feel as though we can't express them because we don't know what judgment is coming our way. Shouldn't be the case. Another reason why we don't like to express our struggles is because the response we get, which is, oh my gosh, can you believe that Alan is having a hard time with his faith? That is not okay, how dare you, Alan. That shouldn't be the response. The response is to pray on them, it's to love on them, stop judging one another, and honestly, sometimes the best advice is to shut up and listen. Just shut up and listen. Sometimes we don't need Bible verses thrown our way to get fed. Sometimes we just need a hug. Sometimes we just need a hug and not judged. Some of us don't feel comfortable expressing our struggles at church, so we wait to unleash them at the ones we love most. We know it's true. We come here, we pretend that everything's great, but once we get in the car, how dare you, wife, say that to me? What are you doing? And have you noticed, regardless of the situation, usually... For me, anyways, my wife is my human punching bag. Our attitude is much like a light switch that we have in our house. We turn it on when we're in church. Because we can't have those in church know how we really are. Uh Uh-uh. Some of us are pretending we're one way and we're the complete opposite. But I'm here today to tell you, don't take my word for it. Take it for the word of God. Stop pretending and hiding things from him because he knows everything about you. 
That means he knows that if you're a closet drinker, he knows you're an alcoholism. Maybe you're dealing with pornography that's huge in the church. Maybe you're having a secret affair and you think, I could hide this for so long. You might be able to hide it from your spouse for a little bit, but you cannot hide anything from our Lord and Savior. You guys, don't take my word for it. Take Psalm 139.4. It says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. And there has been some sermons who have really touched my heart about kindness and how we're supposed to show kindness like Jesus shows kindness to us every day. But sometimes that goes right out the window as soon as we leave and someone is blocking our parking spot when we're trying to leave the church and they say, you jerk. Some of us, the sermon was so good, we wait a little bit longer until we go to In-N-Out and they give us a burger instead of the cheeseburger that we ordered. Or some of us decided to go buy a pumpkin pie the day before Thanksgiving and wait in a three-hour line. Your kindness goes out the window. Those are great pies, but I'm not waiting for no three hours for a pumpkin pie. I'll someone else wait, but I'm not waiting for no three hours. I can't tell you guys how many times I almost lost my Christianity and kindness. You guys already know I'm going to say Walmart. No, no, no. It goes deeper. How about the DMV? It goes better. It goes deeper. How about Frontier? You have Frontier, man. They tell you 20 different things and you'll talk to 20 different people who don't know 20 different things. Your kindness goes out the window. We are all guilty of charge, right? How about on Thanksgiving Day? I was praying all along for someone not to come and show up. I was thanking the Lord for them who I didn't really care for to show up on Thanksgiving Day. And they ended up showing up. That happens. Right? Yes. Come on. Right? You guys are laughing because you know what just happened this Thanksgiving. You guys, I doubted with my spiritual walk at the age of 17 as well when my back problems first started. I doubted that God would bring me a girlfriend. Much like Gideon, I doubted God was going to use me for His good through my suffering. I doubted if I was ever going to get diagnosed after almost two years of unbeing diagnosis, after every doctor being stumped, after being bedridden for six months straight, 50 doctors, several epidurals, and so much more. Much like Gideon, I wanted God to just show me in order for me to believe that He was going to finally diagnose me. I doubted that God would turn my parents' marriage around. I doubt that I could sing This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. When we're about to leave the house, Rylan won't go to the restroom, so he's crying. Tenley, our daughter, decides to spit up all over the place. Then she takes a gnarly poop up her back 
And on the top things off, it's raining outside, so my beautiful wife has to cover my power chair. And we're 20 minutes away from church, and all this happened when 20 minutes left before church starts. I doubt that I could sing, this is the day that the Lord has made, I will be glad and rejoice in it. I was singing, I can't wait till tomorrow, Lord. I can't wait till tomorrow, Lord. But guys, God is great regardless of our doubts. God is great regardless of our doubts. Because guess what? He's not only sent me a girlfriend, a fiancé. Me and my wife will be married five years, March 28, 2020. We've been together for over ten years. On top of this, God did two other amazing miracles. We have two miracle kids. Brown's going to be four May of next year. Tenley's already three months. When doctors said there's no way, there's no how, your autoimmune system is shut down. I doubt that could happen, but God says, you may doubt, but if it's my will, I will make it happen. It's not always what the x-rays, the MRIs, the test reports, the divorce says, or whatever happens. But a lot of times we still need to put our trust in God no matter what. And if it's His will, then it will happen. Now, do I like being in pain constantly and in a wheelchair? Of course not. Of course not. But I've seen so many miraculous things happen through my story. I've seen a lot of people come to know Christ. Through my story, I remember when I was first diagnosed, this gentleman by the name of Joe, he just wanted to give up because he had a brain tumor, he had brain cancer, and he said, I want to talk to Alan, but guess what, it was right after I was diagnosed, I said, Lord, use me. But I didn't want him to use me that quickly, guys, especially to a grumpy, older individual who seemed like he could have shaped me with one hand. Well, guess what? I go talk to Joe, and he asked if I would pray with him because he wanted to accept Christ into his life that night. My parents' marriage was garbage for a very, very, very long time. At that point in my life, I thought, there's no way, Lord, that you can fix it, and honestly, I don't want you to fix it. It's too bad. I don't want you to fix this. It's went through too much. Hell, how are you going to bring heaven out of this? Well, today they're here, married, and they made it here to this sermon here. I remember my mom telling me a while ago, after many years, after much forgiveness, God has restored their marriage to the best it ever was, even better than ever in the beginning, my mom telling me, better than their honeymoon. This last one is the hardest for me. And I need prayer for it the most. And it's forgiving others who have hurt me and my family. I think a lot of you struggle with that here today. It's holding on to bitterness. Holding on to that. And that's something that I want to let go. And I want God to take care of. You guys, faith isn't knowing everything. When we're going through the junk we're going through. Faith means not knowing why we're going through the junk we're going through, but leaning and trusting God who makes a way when there's absolutely no way, no how, no rhyme or reason for it. Faith isn't believing when you see a great 
outcome. Faith is believing regardless of the outcome. Faith is believing regardless of the circumstances you're in and that God will guide your path and make a way regardless of anything that you're going through. First in your notes. Faith is trusting God to feed me what I need for the season that I'm going through because He knows what I need when I need it. Sometimes there's a season where I have doubt. Other times there's seasons where I'm fearful. Other times there's seasons when I'm dealing with unforgiveness and bitterness. And then we're surprised when tests are come our way because we ask for them because God knows what season we need to grow more like Him. Don't be surprised. You asked for it. Receive it. Faith isn't the absence of doubt. It's the means to overcome. It is the will and the tenacity and the grit to overcome it. And the great thing is, no doubt that we have hinders God's love for us. Thank you, Lord. Next in your notes. No wave, no wave of doubt is larger than the wave of God's grace, love, and mercy. Oh, you better believe it that God will let us go through storms. You better believe He'll let us go through storms, but He'll never let us sink. He will never let us sink. He'll pick us up with His righteous right hand out of the storms if we follow Him. Now, good things could come from seasons of doubt. For instance, God could use that season to strengthen our faith and shape us into the person that He wants us to be. This is important. If we are willing to be the person God wants us to be. If we pick the career that God picks for us. If we pick the school that God picks for us. If we pick the church that God wants us to attend. If we do it God's way, not Alan's way. We don't have to rely on our strength in times of weakness. Because God provides our strength when we are weak, He is strong. Times of doubt are temporary. But how we view God during times of doubt is eternally significant and important. Next in your notes, doubt is never the end of God's plans. Doubt prepares us to receive God's plans. I entered one season where I thought, Lord, you know what? I want to make a professional athlete team. I want to be in baseball or I want to be a sports announcer. But that left. But God was preparing me to receive a better blessing and that's to be a motivational speaker and to help further the kingdom of heaven. By being a vessel for Him, God might close one door and open a greater door. But be prepared to receive it. When you're in a season, or seasons, when all you see yourself doing 
is doubting God. May I remind you, he tells you, that you're highly favored. That you're not alone. That God never leaves us, nor forsakes us. That if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and you made that decision a long time ago, that you are a child of God, the Most High. During times of trouble, I want my faith to say, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death and the shadow of doubt, the shadow of struggles, the shadows of fear, the shadows of dysfunction, the shadows of torment, the shadows of pain, that I will fear no evil. It's not that I don't go through valleys, guys. I don't die there or stay there. I get back up stronger as I'm a soldier for God. It's not that I don't have battle wounds. I got my wounds to show that I'm a warrior for Christ. I got my battle wounds, but I get up stronger. I persevere. I move faster. My faith is stronger. My doubt has left. My bitterness is gone. That's where I want to get to. I made a decision to follow God all the days of my life. That means through the good... The bad, the ugly, the ugliest, through the doubt, through the marriage that I'm in that might not make sense, through the bills that aren't getting paid, through the death ones that we, through the loved ones that we lost. I consider it all joy. When I made a decision a long time ago, I consider this all joyful because I know that there will be pain. There will be times of trouble as it says in your word. But I want to get to a place where I consider it, all of it, joyful. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. I know this part's going to drive you guys crazy, and you can attest to it too. Have you noticed? It seems the closer you get to God, the more questions you have for Him. Lord, I'm trying to do everything right. I'm in the Word more. I'm doing things the right way. And this is the reason why. Because the devil is angry. You're making him upset. He doesn't want to see you draw closer to Christ. So he's going to whisper lies into your ears. He's going to say you're unworthy. You're not righteousness enough. You're not good enough. But God says, he's a liar. He's been defeated a long, long time ago and he'll get knocked out a hundred times over a hundred times by Jesus Christ. There's not even a competition from God to the devil. There's no competition. Next in your notes. Situations that hurt like hell usually point us towards heaven. If we keep the faith. Some of you here today may struggle to believe and have doubt that God forgave you and that He still forgives you and your sins. I'm sure you have your faith, but you also have your doubts. Or how about 2 Corinthians 5.17? It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. The thing is, God still is doing a huge part of my life. He's still transformation in my, and probably in you, in this area of life, such as, as I said earlier, forgiving people, 
People drive me nuts, okay? When we are in the store, Brittany and I, they don't say excuse me. Like I could just read their minds and they get in my way and I'm, Brett's like, hey babe, move out of the way. I didn't know anyone said excuse me. It drives me crazy. How about when we get stuck in traffic? I'm talking bumper to bumper traffic. I'm talking Friday, Highway 91 traffic. I'm talking about how about the day you start preparing to write your sermon and what the Lord wants you to talk about and your freezer with hundreds of dollars of food goes out on you. Yeah, and I'm talking on doubt. I had my doubt, but I kept my faith. And guess what happened on top of that? My power chair lift apart broke the same day. But God is good. All the time, as this happened, first I was upset, right? Lord, I'm trying to do something good for you, and you allowed this to happen, okay? But my father-in-law had just enough room in his freezer to save all of our food. We called the place where we bought the power chair lift at, and they said, your part is covered. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The only thing we had to pay for was a new freezer. We got a ding and dent one at Midway. God is good. We, and as you can tell, don't make my food go to waste, Jesus, alright? I need my food. God is good all the time, though. How about judging others without even knowing their story? The way they look. The way they talk. The things that they say. Because someone's in a wheelchair. Because someone's in a walker. Because someone doesn't look just like you. Guys, I'm still a work in progress, as are you. I've came a long way, but there's still a long way for me to go. And I can only certainly go up. Now, if someone took an x-ray of your heart, would it be like the Grinch who stole Christmas? I love that movie. But I love when he finds Christmas and he's happy again. Or would it be a happy, cheerful, godly heart? In John 8.36 it says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. It's a great constant reminder. You're clapping now. You may not be after I say what I'm about to say right now. But to be honest, sometimes I feel like my chains, my sins, my unforgiveness to others, my trials, my problems that I'm going through are weighing me down. And that I'm not free, but that my problems are getting the best of me. But once again, this is a lie from the devil. Because I need to let go and I need to let God take care of what he does best. At times, I feel, and I know you feel, I don't know how much more, Lord, I can take. I don't know how much more I can take, but then God reminds me that he never gives us more than we can handle, even though my blood pressure is boiling at about 200 beats per minute or whatever it is. Sometimes we feel like we need a break, right? And go on a vacation to the island of relaxed, chill, and no struggles. And no struggles. Well, the great news is, We'll be there one day if we're a follower of Jesus Christ. The verse that I'm constantly reminded of is Philippians 4.13. You guys know it all. I can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens me. And it says it there for a reason. Because have you noticed, it doesn't through say through your own strength. Because it takes the strength that only God can provide to get through a dark cloud of doubt. In the middle of my doubt. In the smack center of my doubt. I choose to hold on to my Savior knowing no matter how big my doubt, it compares to nothing of how big my God is. I know regardless how much I'm doubting things you've had allowed happen, that God, you are still always so good that He knew you before your birth parents knew you, before you're ever in your mother's womb. He knows how much hair you have on your head. For me, it's not that much, so it's pretty easy. I may not understand what you're doing, Lord, but man, I want to get to a place where I choose to trust you regardless of what my MRIs, my x-rays say, regardless of what my bank account says, regardless of my marriage, regardless of me being in a financial hardship, regardless of me being in a power chair and in pain all the time. Lord, I know that you're going to use it for your good, your glory, your honor, and your praise forever and ever. Amen. Have you noticed the bigger the challenge, the greater is the reward? For instance, don't let me down. You all have been to arcades before, right? Oh, man. All right, I'm just going to say yes, all right? You guys have all been to arcades and have played those games like skee-ball, right? To win tickets. I'm like a little kid at heart. I love winning tickets. I'm competitive. Off to the left, all by itself is like 100 points. You guys, it might take then smaller numbers that are easy to get. It may take me like 25 turns, but I don't stop until I get it because it's worth the challenge. The reward is worth the challenge. Or us who have played with darts, the bullseye is about this big. It's worth 100 points. All the other numbers are very small, not worth much. But I play until I get that bullseye. And you guys, at the end of the day, you walk out of that arcade spending $25, winning a 1,000 tickets, and walking away with the most expensive lollipop ever. But you're a happy camper. But you're a happy camper. But much like that, we don't give up on our caves. We shouldn't give up on things that are hard. Because it's worth the reward. Stop giving up so easy before you even get entered into the boxing ring. The harder the challenge, the greater reward if you trust God. Matthew 5.12 says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. One of my all-time favorites, 2 Timothy 4.7. I fought the good fight, I finished the race, and I have kept my faith. That's where I want to be. Notes. We may be struggling now, but the reward and outcome is worth it if you can see past your doubt. For example, the best workouts are the ones where you can't even get out of bed. 
The ones that you say, my back is killing me, my tush is killing me, my legs are so sore, I can't even get out of bed. Maybe some of you don't do that kind of exercise, but you do cardio, and you get a big sweat, and you know it feels like you've been in the sauna for 24 hours. That is a fantastic workout. And this is much like our faith with Christ as well. You're going to have growing pains in your walk, but at least the pain shows you're growing in your walk. And you're giving it 110% effort. Because let's be honest, if you don't break a sweat or aren't sore after a workout, it was a lazy one. It wasn't a good one. Try it again. Try it again. When your faith is weak, try it again. When God gets you another test that's hard, try it again. Better and better over and over again. Stop giving up so easily. The greatest gifts that God gives are wrapped in doubt. Notes. God's gifts are wrapped in doubt. Because if He gave you proof, you wouldn't need faith. If God gave you faith, if He gave you everything you needed, you wouldn't need a Savior. If you had no pain, then why did Jesus take the cross for our sins? And for our pain. So we can enter heaven if we believe in Him. We all have problems. We all have struggles that we deal here with today. And that we probably are still currently dealing with. We are all sinners in need of a Savior. And much like Gideon, some of us need to see with our own two eyes what God is doing before we can believe that He's up to something. Some of us need to see a rainbow in the sky to be reminded of God's promises. Some of us need our finances fixed to be happy. Some need our health to be good, to believe again, and to be happy. But guess what? I'm here today to share with you the last 14 years of my life since I'm 17 have been the hardest times of my life physically, but the best times of my life spiritually should be the same for you as well. I still have a long way to go and to grow. But even through the valleys and the hard times that aren't fun, God has done stuff in my life that I never thought was possible. Even speaking here today in front of you, never did I ever see myself in ministry. Ever. But God works in mysterious ways, doesn't He? Mysterious ways. Some of us here today God has told you to go into ministry. God has told you to get involved, but you're doubting you are good enough, that you're not worthy enough, that you're not able enough. I'm here today to share with you there's a glimmer of hope as I, Alan Schwartz, that's why I bounce from place to place, has ADHD and had a speech impediment problem at the age of five, and God can use me. He could definitely use you too. Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But sometimes in circumstances, we allow the devil to defeat us and lie without ever putting up 
a fight. Like, all right, the devil did this. I'm going to just give it to the devil. He, he punched me, but I'm not going to even punch back. I'm not going to, I'm just going to whisper, whisper, uh, listen to the whispers of his lies. Like, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. Without even going in the punching stance and punching the devil out. Because guess what? The battle has already been won by what Jesus did on the cross for our sins. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. The last one in your notes. Don't allow doubt to have the last word. Jesus has the last word with the punishment that He took on the cross for our sins. Jesus has the last word of your life. We are here today for a reason. We have breath in our lungs. We are still breathing. We are still capable of doing things. We are here today for a reason. And that is to be a vessel for the Lord. And stop with the pity for yourself. Stop is the woe is me party for yourself. God is capable of using any broken vessel if it's used for His ability. Allow God to drown out your doubts, your fear, and your anxiety, your depression, your worriness, your bills. And give them to God and allow Him to feed you with faith, trust, fulfillment, love. Guys, thanks for hearing this Italian out. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me, Pastor Dane. It's a privilege, man. It's been over three months, and it is a complete honor to be here. It's been over three months since I last spoke, which was at the Perseverance Conference. And uh, that's why I'm about to have a heart attack up here, sweating so much, because I'm so happy of who our Lord and Savior is. I'm so passionate about our King, because He is amazing. He's great, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of the troubles that we go through, regardless of the questions, the concerns that we may have. He really is good, and I could say it to this day. He's great all the time, regardless of our circumstances, regardless. A relationship with Christ isn't a feeling. It's much more than that. So let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for being here today and this morning. We thank You for having breath in our lungs, a heartbeat that functions and works, Lord. Let us use this breath that's in our lungs for You, Lord. Let us do what we're called to do, which is be shepherds for You, Father God. Let us be good stewards, Lord. And even when life is challenging and throws us curveballs and things that aren't fun and challenges and even deaths that are so hard, Lord, that are so challenging, probably the hardest thing that will occur in Your life, Lord, May we still choose to trust You. It doesn't mean we can't have our doubts and it's not okay to not be okay, but may we trust You through it, Lord, and through our doubts. May we cling to You. May we not lean on our own understanding, but may we lean on Your understanding, Lord. May we make a decision based on You, not what makes us satisfied, not what feeds us and makes us Great Lord, but what You want for our life, Lord. May You pick our career. May You pick our path. May You pick 
where we need to be in this season of our lives right now, Lord. In your powerful, precious, and perfect holy name, we say this. Amen.